Welcome to another episode of Casting Views, the general topic podcast with your hosts, I'm Dan. And I'm Lou. Where we take a random topic each week and, well, we cast our views. Now, this week, I stole the introduction. If anyone's wondering, because we normally alternate, I stole the intro off this because Lou suggested the topic, but I really love the topic, so I said, I want to do this intro. (laughs) So, no chit-chat today. We're going to do this slightly different. We're going to get straight into it. However, Lou... Three questions for you. One, who are the most charismatic hosts in the podcasting world right now? Dan and Lou from Casting Views. What's the best podcast around on podcast platforms right now? Casting Views. And what's today's subject all about? Game shows. Way Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Couldn't quite swing for a full crowd. But yep, today's episode is on game shows. And as per all the best game shows, they all have great theme tunes. Wouldn't you agree? I agree. I agree they do. I've actually got us our own game show theme tune. Thanks again to Josh Wilson. (laughs) The guy is just a musical genius. Here we go. Game shows with Dan and Luke. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Game shows with Dan and Luke. Podcasting. Look at that. Our own game show theme tune. (laughs) Amazing. Our class is that this is official. So, as the introduction has said, and that little jingle there has said, game shows. So, when we were kind of talking about this, I think we're probably going to be able to get a couple of episodes worth of <laughs> conversation out of this, right? So, I think we kind of said, let's try structure this in a certain way. So, today, I want us to just to have a little bit of a chat about it. So, like what our favourite shows are, why, what we think makes a good game show, and maybe have a look at how they've changed. So. Firstly, what's your history with game shows? Do you enjoy them? Yeah, so I think first, like early experience, if we're going to go in chronological order, first experiences of game shows would have been like the reruns of things like The Price is Right. Yeah. It would have been stuff like that. I, I don't know if we're going to consider, oh my God, what was the dating show with Scylla Black called? Blind, Blind Date. Date. I don't know if we're going to consider that a game show. Is it, is it a game show? Well, this is what I want to talk to you about as well, is what do we consider a game show? Because I call that... I think you can call it a game show, but it is more because it's more dating. It feels more like, um, I, d- I don't know. I don't know, because what, where I'm coming at is things like The Apprentice and Bake Off are considered game shows, but I don't. I consider them a contest rather yeah, than a game yeah. show. And in yeah. my head, I've got a clear line of what that means. Yeah, you know what? You're probably right. I think then we're going to skip over Blind Date. Um, and and some of them that I remember, obviously, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire has has gone yeah. all over the world. That is, I think, your ultimate classic. And I think that that's always been a classic by virtue of the fact that there's a million pounds potentially at stake, as if anyone gets more than 32,000 anyway. You've had your game shows in the UK that have been around for bloody ages. So like University Challenge. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. been around for absolute yonks. Countdown absolute years love countdown <laughs> do you know what it is i just really struggle with the game shows where like it takes like a lot of knowledge so i was always more fond of do you know like the practical ones so in my mind a practical one is it's a knockout yeah yeah takeshi's castle <laughs> yeah well that's very much your generation isn't it? <laughs> yeah i think that's what it is for gladiators me. 
Yeah. Oh my god, I completely forgot about Gladiators. Yes, Gladiators was amazing. They had that evil bastard, Wolf, Wolf, Wolf. Yeah, Wolf. Yeah. Oh my god, he was an evil, but he was an evil bastard. He was. I'm gonna watch the reruns of that now that we've. Well, he was very bad to mine. He was a bad to mine. He was, villain, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, you know what? I think that that was probably what the best combination of it was, like a partly serious element that gladiators had in like the physical challenges with like you say like the pantomime villainy of the actual gladiators themselves it's well funny as well because they were actually all built like greek gods <laughs> yeah yeah they they were they, yeah they were amazing i thought there was a rumor that it was coming back you know what i actually think you're right but i don't know if that's ever properly come to fruition or not oh, I, don't, I don't know it feels like something that would really be well received now because it was a fun game show right it was yeah i think it was always everybody was particularly fond of it i don't know did they did they end up getting rid of it because a couple of people would have like serious serious injuries so i know that didn't one of the gladiators break their backs during like filming for one thing because they actually did put them in three of them did yeah yeah, like they put them in some serious situations do you remember the um ring swing where they were like swinging from one side of the arena and then there used to be that giant ball with the netting around it that you had to like climb up and round. And the drop was like a 30, 40 foot drop. And I know it's onto mats, but you've got to fall in the right way. (laughs) Yeah, I think it was that one and the one with the pugil sticks. Is it, was it the pugil sticks? I think even that, because if they twisted when they were falling, you still, like I said, you can have as much sort of foam as you want, but if you're twisting as you're falling and you're falling, say, all on your shoulders, say, yeah. No, you're right. A couple did. I think Jet, and where was the blonde one? I think Lightning. See, I remember the female gladiators. <laughs> they injured themselves. I think they, they hurt themselves quite badly. And there was all sorts of backstage shenanigans, if that's to be believed as well. <laughs> Linking back to the last couple of episodes, was it just tabloid headlines? I don't yeah, know. well, inevitably. <laughs> um, one thing that I'm really interested to talk about in this app is your experiences of game shows when you were younger, because I've got a really clear picture of how game shows have changed in my mind since I've been a kid and since I watched reruns of things that were from like the seventies all the way up to like present day. So what are your like earliest experiences of game shows? The ones that you remember for being like absolutely iconic when you were young. See, I, I want to say here and now I love game shows. I just love quizzes, general knowledge stuff. I always have done since I was a kid. So I used to love getting like, um, trivial pursuit board game. And I would watch as many of the game shows. And I think for me, the biggest difference is, well, there's two things really for me. I think you've always had the fun ones. And I'm going to say afterwards, my favorite shows have always been, I call them quirky shows. And by that, I mean, it's more than just a question and answer. Yeah, yeah. There's a hook to it. Two things now. One is they are going more towards the life kind of experiences, like you're saying, more dating sexual we've mentioned yeah. a couple of times like naked attraction but the biggest thing is i think the money at stake now is just totally different whereas before it used to be some awful prizes yeah like yeah famous one here there was a game show called bullseye which i love which would give away like a speedboat to people who lived <laughs> in a block of flats in central <laughs> london <laughs> um, or it was yeah like a little crappy tv but now you know you, you're winning you, you you've got game shows where you can feasibly win a million pounds yeah yeah that's true that's true and production values you know is a natural one there's always been an appetite for fun games so even when i were a lad used to have oh i mentioned it bullseye for people who don't know or people in the states if you haven't watched it that was based around darts yeah 
So you would have a dart player and a, and a person who would answer the questions and each round would feature the dart player having to do something with the dartboard, either hit specific targets or get certain points. And the person answering the question would try to win those points. Big break based around snooker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you ever see that one? Yeah. And then you'd have the completely bizarre ones like 3-2-1. Never heard of that. You've never seen 3-2-1? No, never seen that. That was 70s, 80s. And it's famous for, it had a mascot called Dusty Bin, which was a trash bin. You know, that was supposed <laughs> to be like a living mascot. Right. But it was famous for, it would have like actors and stars come on and do a little skit or recite something. There would be a riddle with three options and you'd have to like kind of choose it but the riddles absolutely made no sense i think it would take <laughs> 20 college professors and scholars to decipher it and they probably still wouldn't get it it was just really random it, it would, <laughs> and that's what it's famous for through to yeah the kind of what people may look at the, the boring ones i grew up with i said to you me and my dad watching countdown which i yeah. think is an amazing show and again for people who don't know what it is it alternates between you pick nine letters and you've got to make the longest word out of it. And then it will be a numbers round where you pick six random numbers and, and you're getting a target and you have to get as close to it as you can. And then the last round is an anagram. And it doesn't sound exciting, but if you follow it, you can really get into it because it's one you can easily do at home. Yeah, yeah. Although Countdown is one of those shows that's guilty for making most people in the United Kingdom feel stupid at some point. Do you know where like you get nine <laughs> letters or whatever it is and then you turn around and you're like, how many have you got? And the people on the show are like eight and you're like, fuck, four. <laughs> <laughs> for me, the best things are in the numbers round where you get, say, a target of 150 and two of the numbers are 150 and you go, <laughs> yep, sit back after five seconds. Yep, I've got that. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm always well impressed as well, because like Countdown always had, it's Rachel Riley that still does it, isn't it, nowadays? Yeah, it was Carol Vorderman. It was Carol Vorderman, who was like literally a human calculator. <laughs> she was amazing, yeah. And it's like, you, well, me as a, obviously a non-mathematician, you would look at a sum and you would say, right, 100 times this, take away this, multiply by that. And you, you look at the obvious ones, where she would do something completely random at the start, yeah that's how yeah. the brain works yeah she'd immediately be like take seven away from 100 and you get 93 times that yeah. by yeah <laughs> and you're like shit <laughs> you basically you were watching it to see if she couldn't do it and she never didn't get it she only never got it if it mathematically wasn't possible of which yeah, there were yeah, certain occasions true. yeah the other one I've mentioned now, though, for me, which I loved growing up, I kind of actually mentioned it to Antonio because he's recently did a an episode on the guy that hosted this, Crystal Maze. Oh, my, right. While we've literally been sat here, I've been all of a sudden flashbacked into even outside of my notes, game shows that I completely forgot about. And Crystal Maze is the top of what I've written on the whiteboard in front of me. This is hilarious. Brilliant, brilliant show. So do you want to, well, I'll say it was the link to Antonio was, yeah, Richard O'Brien, who created the Rocky Horror Picture Show randomly, also hosted this. So do you want to tell people what the, the Crystal Maze was all about? Yeah, so the Crystal Maze was basically a team. Was it of six people usually, I think? Yeah, yeah. Team of six, um, all working together. And what the Crystal Maze was, is it was a arena, let's say, chopped into four segments and each of the segments would have a theme. So one of them would be medieval themed. One of them would be like Egyptian desert themed. One of them would be boat themed. I remember another one. 
Aztec, industrial, futuristic, and medieval. Yeah, that's it. The futuristic ones are always so funny because, again, it was like that start, like prediction of what they thought the future would be like. It was like a really naff set that looked like it was from the 80s. And what people would do is you'd go into a room and you'd see, you'd have, was it the style of challenge that you'd find out before you walked into the room? Yeah, you had to choose it. So it was physical, mental, mystery, or skill. Yeah. yeah, you had to choose one. Yeah. And then what you did is you nominated who you thought from the group would be the best at that game. And then the member of your group would go in and they'd just be utterly shit at whatever it was. <laughs> but the objective was to complete a puzzle to earn a crystal. And yeah. then these crystals represented time, which in the end game show, after you'd been through all of the areas, you were just basically put in a gigantic like wind machine where loads crystal, of shaped foil, crystal, yeah, shaped like it? a crystal, and loads of foil would be on the floor, and you had to collect as much of the gold foil as it was rushing around you to basically make prize money, didn't you? Yeah, so it was, yeah, so, so like Lou said, you would have to do a, a puzzle of some sort. Now, it could be, if it was, I don't know, if it was a mystery You'd go in and you'd be given questions. It'd be like an escape room and it would the answer to one would take you to this one thing where you'd get another clue. If it was a physical one, it would be, I don't know, you'd have to lug things around to try yeah. and build something. If you didn't do it, you'd get like a time limit for each one. If you didn't do it, you'd get locked in. If you yeah. didn't get out, so you could come out before the time's up or some, some had automatic locking. If you got locked in, that was you out the game, unless you could be traded for a crystal. Yeah. yeah. If you had them. Yeah, and each crystal was 50 seconds. And yeah, as you said, at the end, you'd have to collect 100 gold tokens. But for every silver one, it got subtracted from the gold. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely, as you said, right. They were often so awful at yeah. these things. <laughs> and there was this um, comedy show here once, ages ago. And it really took the, you know, it took the piss out of it by doing this thing where this person goes into a room. And they go, right, I've got a table in front of me. There's a teapot, there's a cup, and there's some milk. What do I do? What do I do? You know, and someone's like, I don't know. And they said, quick, what do I do with the teapot, the milk, and the cup? What do I do? And then they ended up getting locked in because they, they couldn't work it out. But that's not far off. Yeah, genuinely. Like, And the thing is as well, like you'd have the teammates would be able to see like the person doing the challenge, and they would just be screaming at their teammate, the absolute yes. bloody obvious. Be like, no, put the fucking sand in this pot and then transfer it to here. And the person and would be like, I don't know what you're talking shouting. about. <laughs> They get really pissed off. It's like, just leave me alone. Like, no, some of I'm them good. were, some of them were about like dexterity and stuff. So, so there wasn't much you could help with. Like some of them were like a balance beam, or you've got to jump from one thing to this and not touch the floor yeah. or something like that. And um, but yeah, Crystal Maze honestly was absolutely brilliant. And I think that's what we're talking about, isn't it? Do you know when you mentioned about like game shows that require like a level of skill but have a bit of a novelty to them? I mean, what I liked about it as well was the little things. So in the futuristic zone, the timer was an, a digital clock on the door outside. Yeah. But say in the um, the Aztec zone, it was sand in a timer. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Even though the guy obviously had the earpiece in, so he was getting the exact time. Because he always managed to say exactly the time left. <laughs> Really well styled. Him as a host, remember, because he almost played the part of somebody who lived in that arena, if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. It was weird. It was like he was like breaking the fourth wall when he was talking to contestants almost. He would make fun of them as well, you know, especially if they weren't getting it. He would he would often then give them a clue, right? Yeah. <laughs> Literally as well. Like he had such a unique look about him as well because he's like the baldest man that's ever existed. And he yeah, always wore like yeah. the long coats and that sort of thing, didn't he? Like leopard's. Yeah. skin wasn't it i think yeah. actually ah the one thing and i still we still need to do it maybe this is another we keep talking about going on the road there is in london 
a crystal maze experience. experience. We've got to yeah. do it. <laughs> got to do Definitely. It. It'd be so, so funny. Because then we'd get there and just realise that we're just as shit as the people that we watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, how harsh would it be if you got locked in and they say, right, we've got eight crystals. Should we get Bob out? Nah, fuck Bob. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even that great prize at the end either. Yeah, no, because the money was actually pitiful at the end, really. Because well, by the time I don't think it was money. It wasn't money. I think it was like an experience. It was a so if you got the top prize, maybe you could go like flying a plane or something. If not, it was I don't know, maybe ah. go kayaking on a river down that yeah, side. Yeah, you house. know what? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Sorry, you were going to say something when I said about no, just about the, yeah, just about the crystal maze experience. If we went, you just pick the person in the group that you just like the least and nominate them for a task that you know that they can't do. I was going to say, yeah, me physical. Yeah, no, you're good, Lou. How do you say? <laughs> They did actually, before we move on, they did actually try to do an American adaptation of this, apparently. In 2019, it was announced that Nickelodeon would do a 10-episode season. Comedian Adam Conover would be the Maze Master for this version. Looks like it didn't really take off, but they were. If the, if a team finished the Crystal Dome with a positive total of gold tokens, they won $100 per gold after deductions. Well, they won a full $25,000 for a net result of 100 gold tokens or more. So at least in America, they did give good money for it. Yeah, proper prize money at least. Yeah. What, what about you? That, that was one that I remember it being a must-watch for me. Yeah, Crystal Maze was a brilliant one. I remember when I was young on TV all the time. And I, doesn't, I don't know if it's because um, my grandfather really fancied um, the host of this show, The Weakest Link. <laughs> <laughs> Anne Robinson. <laughs> And I don't know if it was like her utter brutal sass, like in the fact that she just absolutely ripped the living shit out of anyone that was on her show. But that one was brilliant. And also, I liked the fact that like, yes, there's an element of you need to be intelligent to be on this show because some of the questions are actually quite difficult. But also there was like a team element because then they were like turning people against each other to turn around and make them vote each other off of the show. So did they have the weakest link in other countries? Yeah, I'm sure they did. I'm sure yeah, they did. Yeah. We won't run through the weakest link then. <laughs> yeah, the, the good tactic for that was to get as far as you could, then towards the latter stages, try to kick off the strongest people, right? But you'd yeah. need them at the start. You'd need yeah, them at the start. Yeah, yeah, because you need to cash build. And sorry, for me, that's a perfect game show in the sense of it had that factor that gets you angry at it because... Each contestant would answer a question and would get money. And then you could either bank it, couldn't you? Or yeah. if you, you could answer it. And if you answered, you added more. But if you got it wrong, you'd lose all the money. So you'd be like, bank it after about 10 questions. And then the person would lose it and you'd go mad. Or yeah. the person who would bank after like every one question. Which yeah, really oh my God. That was so annoying. You have one question, bank, one question, bank, yeah. bank, bank. I was like, oh my God, what are we doing? It's like... You've got to keep me. Well, I don't know why you keep me off because I've banked the most money. Yeah, but you've got 10 questions wrong. You just kept banking money. You just didn't answer any questions. <laughs> How about if I throw a load at you and tell me when to stop if we want to go into one? Okay, yeah. All so right. I've got a couple still in head, but go on. All right, no, tell, 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 tell us yours. So one of the biggest ones, and I think that this was a brilliant game show because it required absolutely no skill whatsoever and was all based on blind fucking dumb luck was deal or no deal. Yeah, honestly, when you think about the concept of that show, right, and then um, Noel Edmund would pick the phone up, speaking, pretending to speak to a really angry banker. <laughs> yeah. like, the values were literally one p up to what was it, quarter of a million pounds, I think. Yes, yeah, 
So when you think of it, in the space of like whatever the filming was, you could literally be a hundred thousand pounds richer. And the offers on that show were decent as well. Like if you had big money left still in the boxes and you had potentially ten to open, because I think it was twenty-four in total, and you had ten boxes to open still, you could be walking away on that show with like thirty-five grand without even really doing very much. I was gonna say, yeah, as long as you're not really unlucky, you could walk away, yeah, thirty, thirty-five easy. It is crazy. That one was absolutely brilliant, although there was a really annoying pause an advert break every time there was a box yeah. that could have been something big or could have been um, like a £250,000 box or they used to cut advert breaks before they were turning around and opening the final boxes for some contestants. But that show was brilliant. However, I like to put them into categories. So I've got like game shows that require absolutely no skill whatsoever or are just there to be a complete novelty entirely. I've got game shows that require skill and that's it. And then I've got game shows that require skill with novelty. So like a game show for me that requires no skill is Deal or No Deal. It is to me a Takeshi's Castle because they're just making them do dumb shit for the sake of. There's no questions. There's nothing. Yeah, that's all it is. Then you've got like the true skill game shows, which are like your university challenges. What's the one where they're in the seat in the dark studio? Mastermind. Mastermind. That one there, you actually have to be a fucking genius. Because I'm sitting there looking at the questions and they're turning around and being like, what's pi times 841 times the speed of light divided by the fucking known mass of the universe or something like that? And I'm like, I've got no idea what they're talking about. It was known for it's really tough. But now, because the second round, you can pick your own subject. And now it's, I don't know, it's like the Transformers cartoons or so you can have anything you want you know and I'm not saying there aren't hard questions about Transformers I'm just saying compared to what it was in the 70s you know but yeah and then and then I guess the gimmick ones with a little bit of a novelty are your weakest links where they put the team element in it oh another one when I was younger that I absolutely loved Golden Balls uh, yeah I've got it here do you want to talk <laughs> tell the people what Golden Balls is all about so Golden Balls I think initially did it have four contestants at the start of the show John, it's one I only ever watched briefly, so I'm going to say I think it was, yeah. Yeah, it was four contestants, and all four of these contestants had four golden balls each placed in front of them, all of them with a monetary value in, except in the rounds, there were balls that had the word killer in them. And what a killer would do is if you brought it into the next round, it would reduce basically over time the amount of money you had in the pot. So Golden Balls was basically a game show based entirely on deception. So you would look at the value of your balls without the value of your balls, the value of your balls without <laughs> showing it. We're explicit anyone. rated. We're explicit rated. It's all good. <laughs> I love how I flagged that when I've already sworn six times already. Uh, hey, even I've done a swear, so it's all right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so you would look at the value of your balls without showing anybody else, and then it would be your job to try and deceive the other people into thinking that you had huge cash value on your balls and absolutely no killers in your balls um, because you wanted to go through to the next round. And at the end of the first two rounds, someone would be eliminated. And then at the end of the round, after that person had been eliminated, everybody would reveal what they had. So then you'd see who'd lied from the previous round to take it forward. So the game show finished, was it with two contestants? Yeah. And then it was all of the monetary value that those two contestants had brought in. So basically, if they were the two deceptive ones, they brought in four killer balls. And if they were two honest ones, they would have brought in a load of cash with them. And then in the final round, all of the balls were put down. And I think, did they pick half of them, I think? Yeah, that's it. So they would have picked half of the balls and half of them um, 
get binned basically you had to pick one to keep and one to bin one to keep one to bin so if you brought if you picked up a killer it would knock a zero off your total so if your total was a hundred thousand pounds it would be ten thousand pounds and then at the very end whatever the monetary value was your decision that you had to reach with the partner was whether or not you would split or steal the money so splitting meant that you would go 50 50 and if you chose to split and another person chose to steal they would get all of the money and if you both chose to steal no one would walk away with anything. It was actually a brilliant show in terms of like human deception, behavior, the way that people trust each other. Like it was, it was unbelievable. You only watched good. it for that bit though. Yeah, that was Why it. You... Yeah, genuinely. And I'll never forget uh, one of the most masterful plays on that show I ever saw was in the final round as they got told, right, now you can talk to each other about what you're going to do. And one guy looked at the other guy dead in the eye and said, I'm going to steal but I will split the money with you after the show. That's what he said. And the other guy sat there like, so you're going to steal the money? And he was like, yeah, I'm going to steal it, but I will split it. I promise you, I will split it with you after the show. And the host was like, oh, well, there's no legal requirement for him to do that. You, you, you know, you'd have to trust him. And the guy turns around, they're having this argument. And in the end, he turns around and says, fine, I, I trust you. He said, I'll pick split. You pick steal. And we'll walk away because he turned around and said, "If you pick steel, we're going to walk away with nothing." Because I'm Both telling them you, we're gonna, what we're yeah, doing. yeah. In the end, the guy had said that he was going to steal it in order to make the other guy pick split, and then the guy who said he was going to steal picked split. So oh, he really? guaranteed really? them walking away with nice. half of the money. Oh, that's, it was that's brilliant. an unbelievable play. I just thought to myself, that is literally like Darren Brown personified. <laughs> I was getting ready to ask you, did he give him half the money? That's how much, where my mind is at. <laughs> well, he technically but, did. <laughs> yeah, well, but I've got something on this. Uh, there's a British psychologist criticised the show, arguing it encourages deceitfulness and that many of its contestants are celebrated for displaying characteristics of psycho- psychopathy. <laughs> and it, in the review of another ITV quiz show, Charlie Brooker, who's, who's, isn't Charlie Brooker who done Black Mirror? I actually think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. He criticised Golden Bulls rules, saying that Golden Bulls has more rules and clauses than the European Convention of Human Rights. So... <laughs> <laughs> there was um, another version of that. Did you ever see the one? It was done by, do you remember Kilroy? He was like a daytime. Oh, it was called so. Shaft. It was called oh, Shaft. No. It was a bit more to the point, <laughs> but it was it was very, very similar to that. So, yeah, that's a, that's a fun one. What else have you got? Or shall I go on to a couple of mine? I did have Ninja Warrior down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. They've still, they're still running out on TV. So, obviously, Ninja Warrior and Takeshi's Castle were both originally... Well, Takeshi's Castle is still a Japanese TV show. Um, and we used to get a lot of them. Was it on, like, Challenge TV or Dave? Yeah. Or, you know, those channels where you yeah. have to, like, skip 100 yeah. TV channels. And they were basically, like, your physical Japanese um, TV shows, except... Takeshi's Castle was utterly ruthless because they were literally there just to either injure or humiliate the contestants. But you know what? Hold on. Hold it right there, Lou. Just like any game show, we need some commercials. So let's hear from some good friends of ours over at Talking Smack now. If you love talking blockbuster movies, comic books, animation, and TV shows, check out Talking Smack, hosted by me, Josh Scar, along with my rotating cast of co-hosts. We will talk superheroes, movies, animation, and comics with you every Wednesday on your favorite podcatcher. And we're back. Sorry, Lou, I've got to keep the theme going. I actually have to say that that's probably Dan's best interjection of an ad that we've ever had when we've heard from someone. (laughs) 
following our short commercial break. Um, yeah, Takeshi's Castle. And they had numerous rounds. And the end round, if you ever remember, was always just um, them shooting at each other with water pistols, trying to break through <laughs> those, those like... Uh, paper thin, really crap shields. It was it, honestly, if you've not seen Takeshi's Castle before, you can see full episodes on YouTube. I would 100% recommend it. And then Ninja Warrior was basically like a really difficult assault course, pretty much. Yeah. Now, the thing is, with Takeshi's Castle, I never really watched it, but you were really young at the time. So I remember when you would come over to my house to stay for a little bit, had to put it on to keep you. <laughs> occupied and kind of got into it and i thought what the what is this he's watching <laughs> takeshi's castle was absolutely brilliant little bit weird like some of the characters and stuff in that program were weird now that i think about it but yeah honestly brilliant game show would definitely recommend right i'm gonna chuck a few at you and we can you know kind of skirt over them or go into some again i like the fun gamey ones Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, yeah. Yeah, that one's good. Love that. Again, it's just got everything. It's got that fun hook of the wheel where you have to spin the wheel. And I've always, actually, one of my all-time ambitions was always to either push a game show buzzer or spin (laughs) that wheel. (laughs) And I have actually managed to press a fake game show buzzer. I went to um, a a tour at the BBC. And do you ever remember that episode of Only Fools and Horses towards the end where Del Boy's on a game show? I don't think so, no. And they, I think he wins money from it. But yeah, I, I was on that set and I pushed that game show buzzer, so I achieved You see, <laughs> my bucket list isn't massive. It doesn't have extravagant things. So Wheel of Fortune, yeah, we, we all know about that. It's on both sides of the Atlantic. And it's always brilliant at the end where if they've picked the wrong letters, they only like one light lights up in like 20 characters yeah. or something. <laughs> but then they'll get it, you know. Or, and, they, and it'll be the person where there's only two letters missing where they don't get it. Yeah, like I never, I've, I remember watching what on the American version of that show where they'd actually not had any letters and the person just said, can I solve that? Based on like, because you get like yeah. a clue, don't you? Yeah, you just get it like a television show. Yeah. Singer. And the person, I think it was three words, right? And the person said, can I just solve it? And they were like, well, do you want to have a go? And then he got it right. I was like, holy shit. I was like, you are literally psychic. What is going on? I'd be like that. I'd be too excited because the aim is to try keep spinning to get more points, isn't it? <laughs> the producers are that they're being like, "How do we do it for cheating? How do we do it for cheating?" <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned Bullseye and Big Break, so again, they were kind of fun, really eighties British. Um, you look back at it now; they're really dated, but yeah. Bullseye now is still on every night on Challenge. Yeah, uh, yeah TV, is, and yeah. I, I love it. I, I keep watching it. Catchphrase we've mentioned a couple of times. Oh my god! Right, so Catchphrase I actually still watch to this day. I watched an episode of Catchphrase earlier today because every time I come home from work, it's always on. I still watch it. Catchphrase is by far the only show that now I now watch absolutely religiously. Still, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. So again, I, I don't know if it's in the states, but this is where it's, as it's what this says on the tin. They've got cartoony computery graphics where they'll show a, it'll be animated but a picture or a scene and it'll be you have to guess the catchphrase like i don't know like a stitch in time saves nine or a rolling stone gathers no moss or whatever yeah yeah but now i think they've run out of catchphrases so they've some really bizarre things at times yeah isn't there? there's just like words that have been put together i'm like when has anybody ever said that in your life like really really strange like sometimes they're not catchphrases they're just things now as opposed to catchphrases, yes. which i think yeah. is weird family fortunes or I think in the States it's Family Feud. Family Feud, yeah. Family Fortune is good. Because there's always one member of the family that's either a little bit weird or a little <laughs> bit stupid or a little bit of both. And they'll always come out with a completely random answer. Oh, I love it. And yeah, it's always at the end, isn't it? You know, that last game where they've got 
they have to answer the questions in like 15 seconds or 20 seconds. And especially if they give the answer, it's already given the pressure. You can see in their eyes, they'll just say something random. It's like, I don't know, name a part of a car. Ah. but also can i just say i actually think that family fortunes or family feud is made by the hosts so in america you've got steve harvey that does it is steve harvey Um, and here we've got gino de campo that does it now and i think that they're really part of again like a little bit of the panto of the show that makes it the brilliant thing as well See, for you, you say gino de campo but for me there's been four hosts because (laughs) another show that over here has had quite a few hosts but it's only known for me for one uh, the Price is Right. The Price is Right, yes. Oh, my me, God. That's almost like the king of game shows for me. Yeah, The Price is Right. I actually think that that is, when you look at the UK, that is like the OG mainstream game show, isn't it? It was also one of the best game show for prizes, which I know we want to talk about prizes another time. Even back in the day, you'd be watching it like in the 90s and you think, how much are they trying to give away? Yeah, yeah. Because it was like new cars. and like <laughs> Yeah, boats, holidays. It's almost like, you know, it's like the closing down sale at Ikea or something. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is as well, they weren't even like, oh, you've won a holiday for two to Blackpool. It's like you've won an all expense 14 day trip to the Caribbean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was also full of the most excitable contestants. Yeah, yeah. Because, oh, that was the other thing about it. They were picked out of the crowd, weren't they? They weren't yeah, already pre-picked. So yeah. you would think, it could be me. It yeah, could be me. Yeah, yeah could you imagine if they call out your, your first name, but it's not you. You get up ready to <laughs> run down. It's like, no, no, it's not you. <laughs> I mean, I think we all know what the price is right, so I won't, we won't go into it. But for me, again, what it was, it was fun. Loads of games. They had loads of mini games. Yeah. If we want to use like a video game analogy, they had loads of mini games. Like um, there was that, was it Plinko where you would drop things in the top? Yeah, um, God, yeah. For me, it was the favorite one was the yodeling out climber where it was a little like cardboard cut man going yeah. up a mountain. And it was like 30 marks. And if you got up to 30 pounds out on something, you would fall off the edge of the cliff. Yeah, and yeah, something. yeah. That one was brilliant. And then he also did play your cards right, didn't he? Bruce oh my God, he did. Yes, yes. What a show as well that was. Basically, play your cards right was just higher or lower, wasn't it? With questions yeah, in between. Yeah, 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 yeah literally <laughs> higher or lower. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, and for people who maybe not of, of these shores, Bruce Forsyth was, again, I've used like the king of game shows, but he was the king of entertainment, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was in everything. Proper, yeah, cult figure in the UK. His yeah. death, even like he died not really that long ago. It must have been like maybe eight, nine years ago. But his death was actually a really huge thing in the UK because he was just such a cult figure. But I think that that's because he was just on television for everything at one point. He was. I'm going to throw in the one American one on my list which i've really liked well when i say one american one the one in terms of we didn't do ourselves over here that was jeopardy do you ever watch jeopardy i've seen clips of it online but never sat down and watched a full episode that was good because that's where you get the you get the answer and the answer you give is the question right yeah yeah i don't know so it'll be podcast for a thousand and it would come up casting views and you would say <laughs> what is the best podcast to listen to on podcast networks right now <laughs> <laughs> it's got that hook of it being the, the opposite way around yeah 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 i quite like that it's a little bit like i don't you know what i might have stolen from your list i guess the um uk we've got pointless do you know what i've never really gone into that although i did have a work colleague she appeared on that no way <laughs> yeah yeah do you want to do you want to explain what pointless is 
So pointless is basically you. So I, you know what? I'm so guilty because I've never really sat down and watched the show properly. Have you got proper descriptors of it? So what I understand is that you're in pairs and you get asked yeah. a question and you need to give an answer that nobody from the control group, when they go and ask this question to people, would have said. Basically, so if out of the 100 people that they surveyed, only three people gave the answer that you gave, then you get it's more like the points. opposite yeah family fortunes or family yeah food, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Get the lowest points the lowest yeah. amount of points yeah. yeah which again i i just never have got into it because again i just i think the show's fucking pointless <laughs> yeah. well i like the game show itself but it is hard and especially yeah. the last round is yeah. quite hard I, I can't remember the form that takes but it's actually really difficult yeah and there's always i think at least one pointless answer which is why it's called pointless yeah it's it's one of those ones I yeah I never really got into. Again, it's got that fun little hook where you're trying to get the least amount of points. I guess <laughs> supermarket sweep. Supermarket sweep. Come right. On. So when you're you know at it... the checkout and you hear that beep, <laughs> was it? Think of all the fun you could be having on supermarket, supermarket sweep. sweep. Um, Dale Winton, wasn't it? Was the um, yeah. the host of that show? Do you know what's so funny Check as well? Get out. Didn't... Check it out. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> I actually didn't even think about Supermarket Sweep and literally until two minutes before I jumped on this recording because my girlfriend asked me, what's your podcast on? And I said, game shows. She said, oh my God, like Supermarket Sweep. I said, what a good fucking idea. I said, I completely forgot about that. And they're like running through a supermarket trying to find what can of beans has got a fucking sticker for 500 quid underneath it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just because it's bedlam. It's, 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 it's such a hectic, frantic show. <laughs> And yeah, it's all based on like tin of beans and can of, can of soup and pack of spaghetti, isn't it? It's like prize games and anagrams. And then, yeah, you've got the final thing where they've got to solve three clues, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. Find the grand. Yeah, so then you get clues as to where the things might be. And like, again, do you know what's really annoying is like, I've been in my local Sainsbury's, for instance, thousands and thousands of times. If you ask me where spoons were and what aisle they're in i would still need to look for it because i've still got no idea so how people walk onto this game show and immediately know where things are out i've got no no idea at all it's also not true to life because you don't have the shop worker blocking the aisle when they're restocking the shelves you've got to work your way around them or the you know the internet shopper crying child in the supermarket a random grape on the floor that you slip up on. <laughs> <laughs> and why did none of the trolleys in Supermarket Sweep, whenever I go to the supermarket and get a trolley, I always get the one with the fucking dodgy wheel. Do you know the one always. that when you walk around in the supermarket, and it goes, <laughs> as you walk and past. You don't want to put it back happens. because yeah. you have to prove that you can control it. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm not putting it back. Uh, honestly. <laughs> I've got a couple more here. Through the keyhole. Although it's not really, it is a game show, but it was, it was celebrities on it, wasn't it? Which breaks my rule of what I enjoy in a game show. Yeah. So was that the one where they'd like go through into a celebrity's house and give like random clues about them and you had to guess where they were and whose house they were in? Yeah. 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 I didn't really mind that one, but again, was never something that I watched religiously. No, it was just always a bit of that voyeuristic thing. You wanted to see inside the house of celebrities. Now, you know, yeah. without doing them a disservice in the UK anyway, they were never going to be like your double David A listers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was like that. I was on EastEnders for four episodes. <laughs> Right, I've got two left on my list before we start talking about possibly some other shows that will come to mind. One that I like it, but it fits in for me with Deal or No Deal and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, that I like it, but it's got boring because it's stretched out too long, is yeah. The Cube. Oh, 
yeah, I agree. I agree. I've never really liked the cube, to be honest with you. I've never really liked the concept. I actually think it's a little bit boring, to be honest. And it's one of those game shows that they've tried to make it exciting with like the setting of the show, like and the voices and the studio lights. And it just doesn't work like that. Like, don't make it something that it isn't. Like, just give us someone doing something really difficult that we think is easy in a normal show. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I not really like the cube. I like it, but if you were to cut an episode down and take out the filler bits for me, it would probably be like eight minutes long. Yeah, where they're sitting That's and talking to their family. Oh, do you reckon you could do this challenge with three lives remaining? We, well, we want to fucking find out. Let him have a go. <laughs> Yeah, and that's what my problem with Deal or No Deal became. It was quite an exciting new program when it started, but I don't want to hear about their life and I don't want to know how much they've all become friends. I want to see you fucking pick a penny or walk away with 250 grand. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I don't yeah. want to know everything. <laughs> and you know what as well? Like, I think the hosts have a lot to do with it because I especially don't want to be hearing from fucking Noel Edmund. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, for, for those who don't know, the cube is, it's in a big glass cube and they've got each round, I think there's like, maybe seven or eight tasks they have to do and each one will win them progressively more money they've got nine lives and it'll be quite a fun task it might be like you've got to take all the balls from one container into another but you've only got like 30 seconds to do it and it is it doesn't sound that difficult but when you see them some of them are actually quite difficult and they can make you get a chance to make it easier or have a practice on it. And it's fun. It's just one of those ones. Like I said, it's stretched out. It's too boring. It focuses on them stressing out. Do I go to the next one or not? Just fucking yeah. make your mind up. Either do it or don't. Bring the next contestant on. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what it is? It's like these. That's one of the game shows that kind of suffers from its own creative direction because the producers want to try and make something exciting and talk about like how the contestants feeling and this and this and that when the best thing about the show is the actual challenge we're not watching it for their discussion about whether or not they think they can do it because we're going to find out in two minutes anyway we just wanted to see it already and the last one i was going to talk about is an old one when i say old like 90s before you start ribbing me it's called interceptor now i don't know if you know this one never heard of that right this was brilliant did you ever see treasure hunt no, I don't think so. Well, it's kind of it's a mix for me between Treasure Hunt and what's that game show where they had to like hide from people for a week? Oh, Hunted. Hunted. Basically, there were two contestants. Each would be given a locked backpack. One would contain a thousand pounds in cash. The other had nothing in it, but weighed the same as the other one, so they wouldn't know which one had the money in. Both backpacks had an infrared receptor on the back. They would be blindfolded and taken to two random locations, right? What they had to do then was within 40 minutes, they had to, under radio guidance from the host, obtain the key for their opposite person's backpack and then meet up and then open them up, right? Now, what there was, there was a guy called the Interceptor who who played the part brilliantly. He was like some crazed man who was on the hunt for them. And he would fly like in a helicopter singing songs out the window. He'd be leaning out the door and stuff. And he would have like Quasar. Do you remember Quasar? He'd be trying to hunt them down and shoot the backpacks on them. Oh, right. Okay. And if he shot it, it would lock them. Now, he only had, I think, what we didn't know at the time, but it was came out since. He only had 20 zaps per show. So if he shot it, you couldn't open it up. But they would never know because it was infrared. So... They would like be stressing, avoiding him, get to the end, and they wouldn't be able to open a backpack because he zapped them. 
Right, okay. Right, so the aim right. was obviously to get the key, meet up and not be caught. So again, yeah. it was that fun little, there's a physical aspect and it was, you know, a little bit of excitement where they were on the run from him. That's quite cool, actually. They did try to do it in the States, but it was, um, and for all you, you Americans or even all you uh, 80s UK people here, it was hosted by Eric Estrada. So yeah, there's a name for you. Is there anything else about sort of like your memories or your favourite game shows or ones you particularly didn't like for any reason? Right, so I've got a couple of them still in mind. Do you ever remember Hole in the Wall? Yes, yes. Right. Oh, you just reminded me of some other stuff, but yes. Right, Hole in the Wall. So basically, again, I think it was two teams that you took and then they had a celebrity version of what as well. And you had to stand on the edge of a platform in front of like a swimming pool right on the edge, basically. And a big gigantic cardboard sheet would move towards you. And in the sheet would be a hole in a position that you'd need to make. So, like, it might be a handstand <laughs> or something, right? And you had to basically make the position of the, the sheet to get through the hole that was that shape. Obviously, many people failed because that's what it was based on, making people fall into a pool. And then the team who'd got the most points at the end basically won the game show. But, yeah, the celebrity ones were quite funny. I remember, again, you, you can only do so much with it because how many shapes in a wall can you make that are reasonable enough for someone to be able to get through before you kind of run out of ideas? Um, but, yeah, I always remember Hole in the Wall being quite fun. And then I completely forgot when I was talking about, like, my physical Japanese game shows. Do you remember Total Wipeout hosted by Richard Hammond? Yeah, not one I watched, but, yes, I knew that they had to film it in another country, which yeah. hopefully explain why. <laughs> so, um, basically... Total Wipeout was a British game show that was, again, kind of like your It's a Knockout mixed with Takeshi's Castle because it wasn't as brutal as Takeshi's Castle and was a little bit more fun, like an It's a Knockout assault course type thing. Um, but they actually had to film it in Buenos Aires because British health and safety regulation would not allow them to film it in the United Kingdom. So all the contestants were actually flown out to Argentina to have it filmed, hosted by Richard Hammond and famously well known for its gigantic four red balls, which people never, ever seemed to manage to jump over. Again, like I said, if you wanted to watch some of the best clips from that, I imagine that you can find them on places like YouTube, but again, would definitely recommend. And then I feel like, I don't know why you haven't mentioned this one. And if you have, maybe it's just because I've completely glossed over what you said. Did you talk about the chase? Oh my God, no. And it's one of my favourites. Yeah. yeah, it's only because yeah. I literally slagged it off in a previous podcast episode. And then you said, I can't believe you said that about the chase. I can't believe you said this is my favourite TV show. And I don't know if you withheld it intentionally because I was then no. going to slag it off. <laughs> no, do you know what? I've completely forgotten because that's also reminded me of Tipping Point. Right. Tipping Point's <laughs> on my bloody list as well. <laughs> So the chase, I love it because there are some points I want to say for the next episode, so we'll leave that. But I love the fact that, yeah, you are up against a quizzer. So it's about trying to build up as much money as you can and then taking the quizzer on in that last round. And you've got the chance, will be not very often, to win big money. But big again, money. <laughs> like, no, don't make me use my quote I want to bring out in the next episode. Make me use content up now. Um, I'm saving it. Right. It's also got that element of getting people angry because there's they often offer that minus value. Yeah. And I, I know it drives my mum mad every time oh she goes God. mad. <laughs> but yeah, the chase and tipping point. Brilliant. Yeah. Tip, 
Tipping point, right? <laughs> do you know what it is? It's like the point in the show. Do you know what? This is where we are with the state of TV. What's that game show on British television where it's like that gigantic cross-balance beam? It's like an X shape and you've got to put gold bars on it. Not real gold bars to anybody listening. Um, but you've got to put gold bars on it and you answer a question and you can ask to put three on there. And the more you balance, I've not seen the that more one. you walk away from I'll try and find it. I actually had an old work colleague who was on that as well. Oh, really? Um, yeah, which was actually very, very funny. But it just feels like tipping point to me is the point at which we've got to where the state of affairs for TV shows, and I don't know what it's like in other countries, has got to like, what can we take in people's lives that they can relate to that we can make a game show? The fucking annoying coin machines in our Push case. Penny we can, machine. Yeah, I don't know what can, they're called. but Yeah, yeah we, we can make that a game show. And that's where we are. Like, I feel like some TV shows now, because when you think about it, Countdown has been on television for what, like 40 years? Longer than that. The 80s, yeah, yes. Yeah. Millionaire, been around since the 90s at least. 90s, yeah. Yeah, 90s. What did we say was the one where they're in a dark studio? Mastermind. Mastermind, been around for ages. University Challenge, been around for ages. All of these game shows are literally just based on knowledge. When you look at the ones that have genuinely got just stupid gimmicks, they don't last very long. So tipping point will be something that just comes and goes. Yeah, it might be on our TVs for five years, but it will just disappear because people just get bored of the crap novelty. What I would say to you is that one's been around for a while, but look at the ones you mentioned, right? Mastermind, University Challenge. There was another one you said, I can't remember. What time of day are they usually on? They're usually on late evening, so seven to nine o'clock. Your tipping points, your chases are on at five o'clock. They're your early evening, afternoon entertainment, bit yeah. of fun. You know, people aren't watching that. I mean, Countdown is the exception where it's usually on around three o'clock. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's two different kind of things. Like I said, I love your straightforward question and answer. But again, who wants to be a millionaire? You could cut out half an hour of an episode. <laughs> That's. Def- I just want the questions. Yeah. I just want the questions. And Chris Tarrant, sorry, Chris, if you're listening, Chris Tarrant, <laughs> Chris Tarrant, hi, Chris, hi, Chris, <laughs> hi, Chris. Um, Chris Tarrant was the fucking worst because how often did he sit and pause and dangle that check over the bastard chair when all we wanted them to do is just say, are you taking the money? Yes or no? Please take us to the next round. Yeah. And he says, oh, it's your final answer. And then he'd, he'd pause, pause. Was. join us next week <laughs> yeah. after, uh, like, you absolute prick and you know what i i, I personally blame chris tarrant for that i i, I have a yeah. personal vendetta yeah. against him for the way that that show was run i've got a few i'm going to quickly reel out you probably won't know any of these or, or well <laughs> some of the you might have watched them michael barrymore again strike it lucky what's a hot spot not not a good spot right <laughs> And then he did another one like My Kind of Music, which was about music. There was Name That Tune. It's too late. You look these up because we're, we haven't got time to go into them. There was a morning one. No, it was early afternoon. So it was like <laughs> one o'clock, right? Early afternoon game shows. <laughs> yeah. It was called Going for Gold. And it had the best game show buzzer on it, right? And it was um, a European-wide game show. So you had contestants from each country of Europe competing against each other but the biggest thing and i only found out in recent years and i know everyone knows it and i'm going to still say this fact but the theme tune was done by Hans zimmer oh no way yeah yeah (laughs) and he was honest he's he's in an interview said i paid the bills he said at the time (laughs) (laughs) so he wasn't thrilled about it but he had he had big bills (laughs) i do want to say just two last things a couple of my favorite game shows right now are italian ones that i watch when i go to my mum's house so, you, well, you've got two or three. There's one where people, again, they probably wouldn't do it if for health and safety, but they're standing on platforms <laughs> and they've got to answer questions. And if they lose, 
the platform just opens up and they just drop down into a hole, don't they? Yeah, it is so, so funny. I like the one where they have multiple choice questions, but the objective is to give them the wrong answer. So you have to answer it within like three seconds or something. But that's like the final round, I think, of that game show, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, this one, that this is probably my favourite one. But again, that's suffering now from the host do too much joking around. Yeah. It's becoming more of an entertainment show. But yeah, you the rounds leading up to it, a normal question and answer, and you pick, you pick a money amount. But then the last round is you get like a, a minute and a half or two minutes to answer 20 questions, but you've got to give the wrong answer. <laughs> and if you get one wrong, you go right back to the beginning. So someone might have got to 18 out of 20, but the stress of going right back to the beginning, they keep getting the first one wrong yeah, time after yeah. time. And then the last one is there's one where there's like eight people you've got that you get a list of eight jobs and you've got to work out what job that person does and there's there's no like miming or clue or anything you've just got to work out what there is <laughs> but then at the end they bring out a ninth person who's related to one of them yeah and the money you've won you've got to work out who is their relation and and there's more rules to it like you can get clues etc but again kind of fun little twists on what a game show is yeah and you know what i actually think that we could probably learn a little bit from some of the um like tv shows abroad from what we've seen because like i said i think that i always really liked some of the japanese style tv shows when it came to like your takeshi's castles or your ninja warriors whatever it might be um and then obviously we see like clips from game shows on things like twitter or youtube from like other countries and they look absolutely mental compared to what we've got like i don't know if you've ever seen the clip of those two women who are blowing a cockroach in a tube yeah yeah I just think this is absolutely ridiculous television, but we'd probably fly for here for maybe six months before all of a sudden the regulators got involved and said, oh, you can't put this on TV. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I think that was a fun trip through game shows we've enjoyed or even some we haven't enjoyed so much, right? <laughs> I think we should wrap up there. Anything you want to say to people before we go? No, just just when we tune in for the next episode and when everybody listens to the next episode, I do apologise in advance because I actually think that me and Dan are really going to fall out about the chase because I've got some controversial opinions about that TV show for a number of reasons. But you will have to wait until next week um, in order to hear them. So please do come back because you're going to want to hear the conversation that me and Dan have about that because we'll see if uh, if in week three I've been replaced. Antonio, <laughs> yeah, if you're listening... <laughs> If you've liked what you've heard, please consider leaving us a review or a rating where you can. Make sure you subscribe to us to not miss out on our potential fallout next week. You can email us to suggest a topic or just say hi at castingviewspod at gmail.com or we are at castingviews on Twitter. And if you want to know what else is coming up, you'll have to tune in next week. That's what they say on game shows, right? smooth smooth <laughs> tune in next episode we know there's a lot of podcasts from which you could choose so we do oh no no i should have said what i should have said is they all got catchy slogans and stuff like that in game shows as well don't they, they? do yeah yeah kind of just like we know there's a lot of podcasts from which you could choose so we thank you for listening to casting views if i want your opinion I will give it to you. Come on, check what we've got, cause you need.